Um, I want to say a little bit about posture, um, just to start us off. And then uh, at 12 o'clock today, there'll be an optional time here in the hall for those who wish to go into posture more. Um, we'll give more what we call tips and tricks for um, being as comfortable as we can uh, during meditation practice with our posture, with our body. Um, but I'll just give a, a few kind of brief things, reminders now, because we have two sittings until uh, 12 o'clock. So one thing that can be really, really helpful to remember in a, in a sitting, uh, any sitting posture, yeah. is that we're looking for a posture where the body can be still yeah, for an extended period of time, and at the same time, um, be as comfortable as we can get it. That's <laughs> kind of that balance, the stillness. Our bodies are not used to being still, so some discomfort will arise. And, um, you know, for most of us, we won't be able to be completely comfortable for 45 minutes. But there are things that we can do. So just remember how we're looking for a posture, not necessarily the posture that is on, um, you know, that the Buddha's in. That's not necessarily our Kuan Yin. It's not necessarily our posture. We're looking for a posture that allows us to be relatively comfortable and relaxed and still for an extended period of time. Yeah. So things that can help with that is a good base. Yeah. If you've ever kind of done anything, tried to get anything to kind of stand up, rise up, or build anything, then you know we need a good base. Yeah, I used to do eco building as a volunteer years ago. It was like, ah, oh, we need a good base. Yeah, yeah, for whatever we're doing, whatever structure we're doing, we need a good base. So with our body, that means in a sitting posture, three points of contact for most of us. Yeah, any sitting posture, if you check, there's three points. Always there's the buttocks, yeah, any sitting posture, chair, cushion, bench, yeah, that'll be the buttocks. And then if we're sitting um, in a chair, then we'll have our two feet yeah. as supports. Yeah. If we're sitting uh, cross-legged, it'll be the knees. Yeah. If we're kneeling, it'll be the shins, yeah, this whole thing here. And so three points of contact. And again, as I'm saying that, just feel into your body. Does it feel like those three points are present? Does it feel like I'm supported yeah. in, in those three ways? Yeah. And what happens to the rest of the body if there's a good base? Yeah. So if there's a good base, what happens is the rest of the body is supported to, to rise up, and particularly the back. So that's one... Uh, or a couple of really important uh, principles. Yeah. Stillness and uh, posture that we can stay still in and, um, and that's comfortable for us to a degree. Yeah. The other important um, point is there's no hierarchy between postures. <laughs> This beautiful imagery of the Buddha, you know, where he um, he made a seat out of grass <laughs> for himself. Yeah. Before that, you know, that key sitting of his life, you know, when he sat down to vowing, "I'll stay st still until I understand." 
you know, what leads to suffering. And until I realized freedom from suffering, he made himself a seat yeah, out of grass. And I, for me, that's such a beautiful image. It, it says to us, it's okay <laughs> to make ourselves a seat out of grass. Yeah. It doesn't, we don't need, like some of my teachers, <laughs> you know, practicing in Thailand, like several decades ago, on the floor. Yeah, no mat, no cushion, nothing. Yeah. And so for us, it means if you're comfortable in a chair, use a chair. Yeah. Awakening isn't going to happen faster on the floor. Yeah. It's not. It's not about being uncomfortable. It's about appropriateness and looking after ourselves. Yeah. So we have chairs here. We can use chairs. We can use all the possible postures yeah, according to what is right for um, our body. So just remembering that some discomfort will arise, we're interested to explore what's the most supportive posture for the body. Yeah. And we're also interested to know some discomfort may arise. The older you get, usually <laughs> the more this will happen. doesn't matter how many decades we were just talking. We're both in the big 50 year and so like ah, suddenly the body's stiff when we get up in the morning it changes yeah? doesn't matter how many years you've been meditating doesn't matter how many years you've done yoga <laughs> changes some discomfort will arise yeah? and we're interested to minimize that and we're also interested in bringing kindness and interest to that yeah? it's okay we do the best we can and we accept and we learn how to work with some degrees of discomfort that are inevitable. Yeah. So we have that whole range um, there in our practice. And as I said, we'll talk more about this over the days, and today in particular uh, at 12 o'clock, if you wish, the optional uh, session here on posture. So hopefully we've seen the thread of metta already <laughs> appearing, and we'll now make it more explicit. Yeah? Kindness to the body, kindness to the heart-mind, kindness to ourselves, kindness to our experience. Yeah? Married with that interest. Yeah? Just like if we think about friendliness. Yeah? That's my favorite um, word for metta. Yeah? I think when someone's friendly towards us, when we've experienced friendliness, either directed towards us or coming through us, yeah? there's a kindness in it and there's an interest in it. Having that quality already in, in whatever we're doing, just as we take our seat when we come to the hall. And so metta, M-E-T-T-A, yeah, translated in many ways, as I mentioned last night, um, the, the initial common translation, loving kindness, and many of us know it um, in that in that language, um, literally means friendliness or comes from the root of friendliness, the word metta. Um, some other uh, translations, goodwill, benevolence, yeah. benevolence, um, care. Yeah, I sometimes use, um, my, my mother tongue is Hebrew, and we have this word, um, in Hebrew, which is like rooting for someone. It's the word that we use when you're a fan for, <laughs> for a sports um, team or, or individual. It's the same word, but it actually means like rooting for someone, wanting well for someone. 
Yeah. So I often use that when I'm teaching in Hebrew and people laugh because they associated it with mostly with football. But um, yeah, but we can just think that sense of, of wanting well for someone, wanting someone to, to, to have the good yeah, in life. Yeah, that, that aspect of friendliness. And it's really helpful to, um, to acknowledge, to remember, to connect to the fact that it already exists in us. It was just here in the hall a minute ago. You were all smiling when I talked about rooting for someone or being a sports fan. You know. it, it's in us already. Yeah. And we all know this feeling of wanting well or wishing well yeah, for somebody. Um, and you know whether it's uh, you know whether it's the birds, yeah, that are already singing before we wake up. Did you notice it this morning? I love it at this time of year that they start waking up before me, <laughs> and I, I can hear the bird song. Yeah. Whether we're, we're kind of having that sense of response, yeah, to the birds, yeah, or um, to someone that we love, yeah, in our life. Yeah, whether it's you know, someone we've, we've known as a child or someone who's been really good to us. Yeah. So we have these, um, this, it already exists in us, yeah, this natural movement of the heart to wish well yeah, for someone or for something. Um, and it's also in us in quite neutral ways. Yeah. So you may have already noticed it here, and if not, I'm sure you'll notice it over the days when someone just smiles at you in the silence and immediately a smile arises back. That's meta. Right there. There's no no big deal. There's no big story. Yeah? There's just this response of goodwill yeah? between beings. Between beings. So um, it's already here and if you haven't practiced metta before, um, it's already there in any type of practice that we do. Yeah. Mindfulness practice. Yeah. In the way we pay attention, because we're emphasizing uh, a non-judgmental attention and attentiveness. So any type of mindfulness that you've done, the metta, the kindfulness, is already built in to it. And that's what we've been doing until now here, right? This morning and last night. Just a sense of the kind interest in the receiving of experience. So remembering that metta is a way of relating, that we're cultivating, we're developing. It's as if we're training a particular um, muscle in our attention. Yeah? That muscle of paying attention with kindness. That muscle of actually the intention of goodwill, the intention of friendliness in the attention. And part of how we do it is we, we begin to be sensitive or we develop the sensitivity to notice where is there that feeling already? Yeah? Where is it already present? Yeah? Where is it fairly natural and accessible to us? And then we nourish it. Yeah? We nourish it so that it grows and it expands. And so it's really helpful, it's obvious, but I'm kind of teasing it out. If we say, where is it already present? Usually it's there, already present with what's relatively easy for us. 
Yeah? And that is kind of super okay <laughs> to work with that because we want, it's there already, we're developing it from the, what's already natural. Yeah? So sometimes we feel, oh, I should go to where it's really difficult. Yeah? Really difficult. In the Trump days, it was Donald Trump for many people. <laughs> Get that question a lot. How do I cultivate metta for Donald Trump? Yeah. And it's like, ah, by actually building up from what's already easy and accessible. That's how we, we start. So sometimes there's this um, image that's used, and I, I use it a lot, of building a fire. I find it really helpful. How do we make a fire? Yeah. Do we bring, you know, go out into the grounds and get the kind of biggest, wettest, <laughs> most rotten log that we can find and start to light it? Or do we actually start with the easy, with the dry kindling that will catch fire easily and then we gradually build that fire up? Yeah. So that's how we practice metta. We start with the kindling. We start with what's already present or what can easily kind of generate that feeling and we build it up. And I say building up, not over today, maybe not even over this retreat, yeah, over time. Yeah, and, but we know, as we're doing it, where we're going. We know it's immeasurable. That's where we're heading. And so we'll start with the easy. Um, and the easy might be yourself. Yeah, that's how traditionally the practice begins, is with ourselves. Uh, it might be yourself. It might not be yourself. <laughs> at all. Yeah? Both of those are okay. So we have either ourselves or the easy being that we start with. And I'll say a little bit more about that when we get to the practice. Um, and then we build up. So metta is immeasurable, yeah? limitless, boundless. Um, what does that mean? It has a lot of different meanings yeah, or applications. Um, the first one for me, it's immeasurable and boundless because it's always applicable. I'm going to contradict myself during this talk. I'm just warning you. <laughs> know it in advance. But it's always ap applicable. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, there's always a direction it can go in or a way it can manifest. Yeah. So it might be um, that... You know, I'm, I'm practicing the metta and it's going well and I'm sending the metta to the birds that I hear singing or whatever's easy and accessible for me right now. Yeah. And then something uh, painful comes up in the body or the mind. Yeah. And it feels like, oh, you know, I'm stuck. <laughs> There's a stuckness. And then that question, okay, how can I bring the metta in right now? Maybe I can just bring it into that one who's feeling stuck right now to that struggle with the painfulness or the painfulness itself. Yeah. So we can always kind of just have a sense of that. Uh, we're doing the practice, we're honing, we're cultivating, but if we feel that we're stuck, there may be something more that we can do. Yeah? Something we're not seeing. We can open um, to that. Yeah? Always applicable towards oneself, different aspects <coughs> of our experience towards another. It's also measurable because uh, it's limitless in what it can include. And I said, as I said, over time, but it's helpful to remember this. An attitude of kind interest, friendliness that we can bring 
<coughs> towards all beings, yeah, and all aspects of our experience, ultimately, yeah, more and more. And it's always it's also immeasurable because it has a really kind of expansive, wide range, yeah, of what this means. Sometimes you know we think of metta and we think, oh, it has to be this really kind of super present, warm-hearted, <laughs> yeah friendliness yeah kind of overflowing with bountiful goodness you know and that's one aspect of the range but the other can be just non-enmity yeah just not feeling a sense of enmity non-ill will yeah that's also meta really important to remember yeah? and non-ill will towards something or someone part of that range so from that non-enmity to just a sense of a non-exclusive care and concern to everyone and everything and so the way metta shows up it has many flavors yeah it can come as a, a kind of a welcoming um, or a wishing well yeah or uh, just a sense of a supportive attitude like I said, rooting for somebody or something. And it can be interesting to reflect on how it impacts kind of the space within us, the atmosphere within us, and also how it impacts um, others around us. Yeah, and it does both. Yeah, it can be a real sense. I might be wishing metta for another, kind of cultivating metta for another, just once in a while checking in, what's the internal atmosphere like? Yeah. And we might see that that also changes. So it's as if it's being sent out there, but it's coming through this body, heart and mind. So it's impacting us as well. <coughs> so meta practice... Um, is a practice, <laughs> like any other practice. Yeah? If you've done even five or ten minutes of meditation in your life, yeah, then you know sometimes it feels great, <laughs> and sometimes it feels like an upward struggle. Yeah? It's got the range. Any kind of practice. And metta, good or bad news, is the same as any practice. <laughs> yeah? Sometimes it'll feel great, and sometimes it'll feel difficult to do yeah. and that's okay that's that's being human yeah. so we can say um, that uh, when we do meta practice we can see it as having three modes of practice yeah three modes of, of how the meta's going if you like yeah so there may be a sense of oh it's going really well <laughs> yeah there's a real like ease it's flowing I'm just feeling it and it's naturally expanding, it's naturally radiating for me, very beautiful, loving it. <laughs> so that can be that, and we just continue with the practice. Wonderful. There may be a more kind of up and down kind of sense. There's like a sense, oh, it's going, it's happening, but, you know, I keep, I do really need to show up for this. Yeah, I need to keep putting in the effort, I keep need to keep coming back to the intention there's some challenges and I'm opening to them I'm working with them um, 
and it, it, you know, it's going well enough. But yeah, it's it's work. Yeah, it's work. Yeah, that's the second mode. Um, and you know, I sometimes um, use a cycling ana- analogy here. So <laughs> it's like I I don't cycle actually, but it's the analogy that that seems the most uh, useful. Um, it's when Meta's flowing well, it's like cycling downhill. Yeah. Like just the right kind of downhill, <laughs> and it's just flowing well. Yeah. When uh, there's kind of a bit more friction, a bit more challenge, we're going uphill, but a doable uphill. Yeah. So you know we need to apply our energy, our effort, our attention, our intention, yeah, and to to work skillfully. Um, sometimes um, we've got uh, a city bike on a mountain trail. Yeah, that's the third mode. It's not the right practice. <laughs> yeah. we're, trying, we're trying with the meta, but there's just too much going on. Yeah? And it's just not meeting our experience. Yeah. And so this is what I meant when I said I might contradict myself <laughs> when I said it was immeasurable. Even though here too, what we're applying is a meta-meta attitude, the M-E-T-A, meta. Yeah? And we're saying, okay, what's appropriate right here? What's the kind response? It's to do a different kind of practice. Yeah? This is too much of a struggle. Yeah? I haven't got the right bike yeah, for this terrain. So I go back and do something else. I do breath, I do body, I do sound. I do a different kind of practice yeah, that I know that will help me meet what's going on in my experience right now. Does that make sense to people? Yeah. So just remembering this. It's a lot of information coming at you. Um, but just remembering that sense of that's not a failure, that's a meta-meta attitude. Yeah? Big picture meta of appropriateness. Uh, this is the right thing to do right now. And so remembering the three modes, remembering also with this that sometimes meta practice will feel really good. Yeah? It will uh, feel very expansive. There'll be a sense of joy or gratitude uh, or warmth. Um, And if that's happening, you're allowed to enjoy it. (laughs) Not just allowed, but encouraged, you know, and feel how that nourishes the further metta. And this goes for any practice, not just metta. If things are going well and there's a sense of well-being that arises, please enjoy it, yeah? Please enjoy it. Don't worry about attachment and clinging. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy it. Let it nourish you. Yeah. Feel how it nourishes the meta practice. Um, and if there isn't a sense of well-being, that's fine. Yeah. We're in that second mode where we need to bring in the intentionality and the effort and the energy. Yeah. And we remember this is an intention. It won't always feel good. Yeah, even if it has for most of my practice life until now. And we just bring in um, that sense of, ah, I'm cultivating intention. I'm cultivating the intention of metta to meet all of my experience, yeah? including the times when there's more friction, <laughs> yeah? when things aren't going as smoothly. And with all of that, yeah, we're saying that and then also reminding ourselves again and again, this isn't about creating a particular experience. Yeah, not for myself, not for another. Sometimes when we practice metta to somebody else, what creeps in is a sense of, oh, I need 
it's in my hands now. I'm responsible to, responsible to make them happy yeah, or to make them well. Yeah? If I don't do my practice well, then I've failed and they're going to be unhappy. Yeah. And that, that <coughs> might creep in. Yeah. And just remembering, it's not about creating a particular um, experience, not for ourselves and not for the other. It's about working with this mind that we have, this wonderful tool that we have to cultivate the wholesome uh, intentions. That's yeah, a practice of intention. So let's get down to the practice, some guidelines to the actual practice, and then we'll dive in there. You can feel the relief building up. <laughs> so um, a few things with meta practice. One is, if possible, um, we're still really using body awareness. Yeah. We're still really present in the body, awareness in the body, as we do the meta practice. Yeah. And uh, this is really important because traditionally, and we'll be offering the practice this way, we use phrases um, for the practice. You can also use images or a felt sense. But sometimes if you're using the phrases, because they're a mental, they're a verbal um, way of attuning to our experience, we get pulled up into the head. And so the attunement into the body is really, really important. Yeah? So we're using the body, and it's kind of what we've guided already, and we'll, guide, we'll keep guiding that way. Um, we're having the awareness in the body, and we might feel the metta actually also in the body, or very much in the body. Um, not necessarily as a very gross physical sensation. It can be a lot more subtle um, than that. So we use the body as our grounding. Um, we work with different beings. This is a traditional way of doing the practice. So as I said, we'll start with what's easy and we'll gradually build up over the days who we invite into that field of metta. Um, and we can use, we'll be offering phrases, um, but you can use images or a felt sense if that's more helpful for you. Sometimes it's more, you know, we're all different. Um, it might be more of a sense of warmth yeah, or of light, or of radiating some um, heartfulness. Um, and it might be images, yeah. You might see an image of light, or of whatever it is, color, <laughs> um, flowers, um, yeah, raining on another. Yeah. So you can use any of those, a combination, um, or one of them, whatever works for you. And we'll be using... Um, we were just talking about it yesterday. We, we will be using, each of us will be using the phrases that we use in our own practice. So actually they're quite similar, surprisingly enough. Um, but there may be a slight difference. And the encouragement for you is to find the phrases, the words that, that work for you. So it might be that, like me, you're bilingual. Yeah? And so maybe the phrases that resonate most with you are in a different language. They're not even in English even though what I'll be saying is English. Yeah. Might be uh, that you, you just feel that meta resonates more with, with something else, not what we're saying. Yeah. And so find your own words, or you, you want to use less words than we're using, or more words. Yeah. So just uh, finding for yourself, allowing a, a creativity in your own process of the practice. Um, yeah, and maybe the last thing to say is... Um, 
remembering as we practice, and this is true for any practice, um, what we call the three Ps. Some of you have heard them from Robert Baer. You don't know him, he'll be coming up. Wonderful teacher. Um, that was the resident teacher here at Guy House for 10 years. Uh, and he used to say, when we practice, bring in um, remembering these three Ps, these three attitudes, patience. Yeah. Because again, we can say patience is, is a building block of metta. Yeah. Just that sense of patience, that, that <coughs> things don't need to be perfect right now. Yeah. Patience, the perseverance, the showing up again and again. Yeah. Oh, tiredness, I'm falling asleep. It's the first day. Okay, I, I'm not asleep right now. I come back again to the practice. And the playfulness, that's the third P. Playfulness, the, that, that interest that we've been talking about, but also that capacity for um, creativity. Yeah. So that is what I was mentioning with finding your own phrases or way of practicing, uh, but also in the moment. Okay, the experience is like this. What happens if I um, use the metaphrases maybe more frequently yeah. than so I was saying them? Yeah. What if I kind of bring the breath in as well to the practice? Yeah. Just having that sense of possibility uh, with the playfulness. Yeah. So let's, let's settle in our, into our practice. If you need to just stand up or stretch any part of the body, um, we'll have about 20 minutes to practice. So please do. Or you might need to swap from a cushion or a, from the floor to a chair or from a chair to the floor. And then settling in to your posture for this time. So as you settle into the posture just bringing the awareness into the body and checking in. If there's any adjustments that are needed so the body is as stable, supported, and balanced as possible. Inviting the awareness more deeply into the body. And 
using the sensations of contact to ground and collect and gather the awareness in the body. Feeling the contact between the body and that which supports it, the seat, the ground. And then from that contact, from that gatheredness, inviting the awareness to open, and to expand. through the body. Feeling the awareness fill up the space of the body. having a sense of the whole body sitting here. Awareness wide. So the whole body may be a little bit larger than the body, containing the body. So through the practice, keeping the awareness wide, it will naturally shrink, contract around things. Just gently keep opening it up every once in a while. Feeling the whole body spaciousness and awareness as it fills up the whole space of the body.
Remembering the interest and kindness and attention as we do this. And then inviting into awareness, opening to invite someone for whom it feels relatively easy, natural, accessible. To feel this frequency, this quality of metta, of goodwill, of friendliness, of kindness. It's opening to feel, not putting any pressure on yourself to come up with someone quickly. Can equally be a human or non-human being. opening to feel someone for whom it's relatively easy, accessible, to feel this sense of goodwill, of well-wishing, friendliness. Might be someone from the past or from the present. be a friend or it might be the one of the big trees out on the lawn here just opening to see keeping the awareness soft and wide and open As you hold this being in attention, in awareness. You see them or feel them. In awareness. Gently directing this intention, the flow of metta towards the other. I'll be offering phrases, but feel free to either change them, to adapt them, to use images or a felt sense or a combination that's more appropriate. So awareness wide and open and soft. Image or the feeling of this other being 
in awareness. The intention of metta flowing. between you. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe and well. May you live with ease. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. Be safe and well. May you live with ease. Finding your own pace and rhythm, the phrases, the images of the felt sense. Letting the meta flow.
through and from this wide spacious awareness. holding the other, holding the other being. In metta. Coming back to the phrases, the wide awareness, this other being. Over and over, whenever you notice that the mind has drifted to something else. Gently keeping that intention of metta going. that patience and perseverance and playfulness. May you be happy. Peaceful. safe and well. May you be at ease. Letting go of this other being or person. 
tuning in to the flow of matter within you as you direct it to another. And letting it now be directed, letting it flow towards yourself. Opening to that simplicity of knowing that you too wish to be happy and safe, to be well and at ease. It's helpful using the phrases. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be safe and well. May I live with ease. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be safe and well. May I live with ease. Inviting the metta to radiate out 
into the world beyond the sense of yourself or the easy being letting it flow out in all directions opening to that wish for all beings to be happy. For all beings to be peaceful. For all beings to be safe and well. May all beings in all directions be happy and peaceful. May all beings in all directions be safe and well. May all beings in all directions look after themselves, look after each other, with ease. So inviting, like last night, inviting that thread of continuity, uh, keeping that thread of interest, kindness, flowing from the practice to the changing, the transition of forms of practice. Now we have some time for walking practice and I'm just going to say a few words about the walking practice and then release you out into the into the house and the grounds to spread the metta pheasants are waiting aren't they (laughs) or sending metta we've been getting metta in pheasant through the meditation so few things, general things about walking practice. Um, the, the weather is uh, very kind to us today. So you can practice uh, walking outdoors, yeah, which is, would be my personal recommendation, if that's possible for you. Wrap up warm, take a cup of tea out with you. Um, if you prefer not to go outdoors, we have the walking room. And uh, you can also, since everyone has their own room, um, you can also do walking practice in your room. 
if that feels more supportive. So you have all those possibilities. With the walking, it can be, it's really helpful if we can have, just like we have our seat in the hall, that we have our um, walking path or movement place. So I say walking, but actually we can include movement. Yeah, for some people, walking is not a comfortable, helpful thing to do. So it can be a different type of movement that, that you do if that's the case for you. Um, so having your path, usually something between 5 and 10 meters, really good. But as I said, you can do it in your room. You might only have about 2 or 2.5 meters there. <laughs> but if that feels like sometimes it feels like contained and held, then, then that's the right place for you um, to do it. Um, so having that sense of the path. And then also with a, um, with a speed, having a sense of what's, what's a useful pace for me to walk that helps sustain intention and attention, both of those, intention and attention. Most of us slower than we're used to, yeah. but might not be for you. <laughs> so just check, what's the pace that supports the sustaining of intention and attention? Most of us slower than we're used to. Um, can be really helpful to include standing in the walking practice. So this is how I do walking, so I tend to teach it that way. Start by standing. You know, supportive to gather our attention and to connect to our intention. So you stand and you feel, and you might feel this whole body awareness can be really helpful. And then you start the walking and if at any point it feels ah, I'm getting a bit lost and a lot of the time sometimes we associate walking more with everyday kind of activities so there might be more thought or more distraction that's fine there's no problem with that but if you need gatheredness stop and stand again and gather uh -huh. stand as many times as you need you get to the end of what you've decided your walking path is it's all in your mind there isn't really an ending point. There isn't really a path. But anyway, you get to the end of it, stand again, yeah, and then turn, walk in the other direction. And there can be a real sense of um, blessedness or blessing in the walking practice. You know, sometimes we get into quite a... We walk in, we're trying to be slow and mindful. We might get quite tight yeah, or rigid, and just noticing that, just, ah, can there be a sense of ease, of fluidity, even if it look weird? Doesn't matter, everyone else does anyway. Yeah. We're all in this together. Yeah. Just kind of relax and let the body flow as you're doing the, the walking, as you're walking back and forth. So that's the kind of contained form for the practice. Um, some of you might be familiar <coughs> with walking practice already. Most of you, I think, are. Um, and you might be familiar with using the, the contact of the feet with the ground as the object of our attention. Um, you can still do that. Yeah? And it might be that you do that with a sense of metta. Yeah? So as that contact, as the foot contacts the earth, there might be a, sens a sense of sending the metta out. Um, into the earth or sending it out into the air. Yeah, that might be one way of incorporating metta into the walking. Um, if uh, you want to continue working with beings, you could imagine the easy being at the end of your path and you're walking towards them. 
Yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah, you imagine them, you see them there, you're walking towards them, you get really close, much more than we normally would in real life. Yeah, really close. And you gather and you turn and they're at the end of the path again. Yeah, and you're sending the metta, connecting to them as you're walking. Um, so that can be one way. You're um, you know, filling up with metta, your own being, if you're sending metta to yourself as you're doing the practice. Yeah, or you might just be radiating out uh, in all directions. So these are some options and we'll unfold some more. But we can definitely incorporate the metta practice into the walking if you wish. Um, and if at any point it feels like you don't want to, <laughs> yeah, it's also okay, just like in the sitting, to do you know, the feet on the ground, the simplicity of the contact, the movement of the body, yeah, the breath, the sounds, anything else. Yeah? Give yourself um, space and room there uh, to play. So yeah, that's the instructions for today gone over a little bit so we have 35 minutes for the uh, walking and then we'll come back for a silent sitting here at quarter past 11 and a reminder if you want to part from your phone this is the time to bring it to reception so thank you for your practice and may it be nourishing and joyful Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.